Thanks for joining us at Faith Bible Chapel. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and brings you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service, find a small group, or simply find out more about the church, stop by our website at www.faith.church. Today, I want to talk to you about the most important relationship of your life that all of us, many times because things get busy and life goes on and, and we go, we're, we're dealing with family and kids and, and, uh, and spouses and family, and family members and extended families and small groups and pastors and leaders that we sometimes forget about this relationship. And this today I want to talk to you about thriving in your relationship with God our Father because I believe that's what God is doing in us as a church. I believe that what he's setting into motion is his desire to know you and to know you more. But not only in knowing you more, his desire is for you to know him more. Do you agree with me? And sometimes we can buy into the lie in our relationship with God is this, you know, is if things are going well, that means my relationship with God must be good. If things are going bad, then my God, what did I do? Why, why are you mad at me? And that is a lie from the pit of hell because it bases the, the love and the kindness and the steadfastness and the faithfulness of God. What that says is that changes and has a direct result to if my life is going up or down, God's changing with my life. And that's not true. God's desire is to know you. His desire is, is for you to hear his secrets of his heart. I've told this story before where there was a, a Bible college student and he went into the president's office and he sat down in front of, the, in, in front of his, uh, his desk and, and, the, and, the, and the president began to whisper and the student said, I, I, I can't hear you. And he just kept whispering. And so the student thought, Matt, what, if maybe the guy's going crazy. I don't know, but he kept whispering. He said, I want you to come closer. So the kid leans in. He says, come closer. He whispers again. He can't really hear him. He says, come closer. And then all of a sudden, the kid gets his, the student gets his head right up next to the president. And the president whispers. He says this, God does not shout his secrets. He whispers them. And you need to be close enough to hear them. And all of us in our life, we want to hear the secrets of God. I've prayed since I started following God at a young age. Lord, I want to know the secrets of your heart. This is what I've learned. I'll never know his secrets unless I'm close enough to hear them. And God wants you to thrive in your relationship with him. This is not about performance today that I'm going to be talking. This is not about if you check these three boxes, then boom, you're there. This is about God inviting you just like the student on the other side of the table. He's saying, come closer, come closer, come closer. And then finally, we can hear his voice. The presence of God wants to dwell deeply in your life and in your heart. And I believe God is inviting us closer today. Our relationship with God is a big deal. I was transformed as a, as a young man. When I read this verse, that's the, really the, the base of this whole message today. And I read the verse and it leapt at me. It like, it like came alive in my spirit. Because I always thought as God is far off or God is someone who loves him, but I can't really know him. He, he wants to be near to me, but he doesn't want to be too near to me. And I just thought he's just out there and somehow I, I, I'll serve him and, and, I can, and I can give him my life. But I'll really never know him because he's God. But then I read this, this, uh, this verse out of John chapter 15. I, I want you to hear this today. Here is Jesus speaking to his, the disciples. 
He's speaking to them and, and he's, he's talking to them and he's, he's, he's wanting them to know that you can have access to God. And this is what Jesus says. He says, I no longer call you servants. We think, well, why? Well, because a servant does not know his master's business. In other words, a servant doesn't know what's going on in the heart of the master. Instead, though, instead, I have called you friends. Everybody say friends. Friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. This whole idea of making things known to us, that's wonderful. But what blew my mind is this idea that the God of the universe or the, the God made flesh, Jesus Christ, who, who all things were created through him and by him, the one who sits at the right hand of the Father, the one who, who, who could speak and as he spoke, things would come into existence. He says, Jason, I want to be your friend. So what this means is God just doesn't love you because we hear that all the time. God, you love me. God, you love me. God, I love you. This is like, yes, 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 I know all that. But I like you as well. Because there's a difference. I know a lot of married couples that love each other, but I'm not for sure if they like each other. But here is God saying, I like you. I want you to be my friend. And when I read this, I read it over and over and over again. And I responded. I said, God, I want to be your friend too. And so what does it mean to thrive in your relationship and your friendship with God? And, and just so you know, this is this, it's an invitation from God to you today. That says, I want you near me. I want you close to me. I want to know your heart. And I want you to know my heart. And you think, yes, but I, I'm, not, I'm not good enough. And God, you know how I've messed up I am. And I began a journey in walking in my friendship with God and my relationship with God. I remember when I was younger and, and I was serving God, but I was, I, was, I, I was making mistakes. Anyone here ever made mistakes? Okay, good, I was making mistakes, and, but yet my desire and my passion was to know God more and more. And I remember being overwhelmed before when I would stumble or when I would fall or when I would sin, I would almost cower away from God because I knew he was mad at me. I knew he was disappointed in me, and I had to work up enough courage to say, all right, God, I'm sorry. But this time I ran to him, and I said, God, I'm sorry. And, he, and his grace overwhelmed me, and he flooded my soul. And he flooded my heart with this, with this sense of, son, I love you. I will always love you. You could never do anything that would cause me to love you less. And I began... A walk in a friendship with God. And that's what I would love for all of us today to take a step forward in our relationship with him. To know him intimately. To know his heart. To know his heartbeat. To know when he speaks. To know that he cares about you and your family and your children. He wants, he wants to know you. He isn't some figure, some, some idol in a box. He's a living God that's inviting you to know him. Amen. That was the place to say amen. I felt that anyway. Because I believe that's what God's saying to us today. And so the scripture came alive and I heard this invitation. And I can confidently say to you today as, we are, as we're in this series that God today, the creator of the, wor of the world, of the universe, desires to be your friend. He desires 
to take a step forward in your friendship with him. This isn't about you being a self-made man or a self-made woman. And, and so, you, yeah, but I got, I got God over here. No, this is about God being the center of your life and you being friends with him. And even when I say, listen, you can be friends with God. And some of us who, who were raised maybe a little bit more religious, uh, understanding nothing wrong with that, but maybe we have a hard time. Yeah, what do you mean I can be friends? No, no, he's a holy God. Yes, he is. But when you are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, the Bible says you can come boldly into his throne room of grace. That's what God's inviting us into, to know his heart. So how do you thrive in your relationship? How do you take that step forward to thrive in your relationship with God? Number one, you decide that your relationship with God is the most important thing in my life. This is about, this is about prioritizing some things. This is above your family. This is above your friendship. This is above our, your small group. This is above coming to church. This is above everything. That you would make a decision that your relationship with God the Father through his son Jesus Christ, it's the most important thing in your life. And I will say this, you're never or we're never going to become friends with Jesus, friends with God, deepen our relationship with him on accident. It will never happen. It's us deciding that that relationship is the number one thing in my life. For me, I do this in the mornings when I wake up, and sometimes I forget, but most of the time I do it. And before I get started, I say, God, today's your day. God, I give you my life today. Lord, I put you first in my life. Lord, you know what's coming. You know what, what, is, what is on your heart. And God, I just want you to know I want to serve you, and I give you my life today. I just, I'm choosing. It's an act of my will to say, God, you are the reason why I'm breathing today. You're the reason why I'm alive. You're the reason why I'm, why I'm living this life is to know you and for me to make him known. That's it. God, I want to know you more. God, I want to understand what's in your heart today. God, I want to know when you whisper, I want to hear your voice. Who wants to serve a God that's some far off and we just kind of, we just spun like little tops here on earth until maybe Jesus comes back. No, no, he's, in, he's active, he's involved, and he wants to be in our life. And this is the first step of actually thriving and growing in your relationship with God and your friendship with God is that you put him first in your life. Like all of us know, we know this, our days are unpredictable. Like you can start off your day and you think, man, this day is going to be great. And then it can make a really bad turn. You think, man, where did that come from? Where, where, God, I thought this was going the right way. But it doesn't matter what happens in the day. What happens at the, at the end of my day, what matters the most is do I know God more? And have I surrendered myself more to him today? Did, did, I, did I take a step closer? Did I grow a little further in my relationship and my friendship with him? On the other side, man, things could go great one day. But at the end of the day, none of it matters. What really matters is, God, did I know you more? And did I grow in my relationship and my friendship? with you. That's why Philippians 3.8 says this, everything else is worthless. Say worthless. When compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for his sake, I have discarded everything else. Say everything. So he says, for his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as 
garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. This is about intimacy with the Father. This is about intimacy with the one who invites you. He truly wants to know you more. And he truly has more of himself that he's inviting you to know. Jeremiah 29, 13 says this. If you look for me wholeheartedly, in other words, if you make a decision, if you make a choice, if you choose to make God the most important thing in your life, if you do that, you will find me. He's not hiding somewhere. He's not, he's not tucked away somewhere and saying, aha, you're trying to find me, but I'm not going to let you do it. He's not playing hide and go seek with you. What he is doing is if you truly seek him with all of your heart, if truly God is the center of your life, my friends, you're going to find him and you're going to grow in your relationship. You're going to thrive in your friendship with him. So if you feel like your relationship with God Maybe it's stagnant. Here's a challenge to you. Are you living off of what God did 10 years ago, 20 years ago? When you think of God moving, do you, or do you think of, hey, remember when we used to do this? Listen, those are great times, and we honor those times. But I'm telling you, God wants to do something fresh and new today in your life. He wants you to grow. He wants you to take a step forward. He doesn't want you to live from what happened 10 years ago. He wants to do something new and fresh and alive in your life today. He wants you to know him more. Are you with me? So the question is, are you seeking God with your whole heart every day? And your thriving relationship and friendship with God is not determined on God, my friends. It's determined on us because he's available. Again, it's like the story I've told, the, the, uh, the, the old married couple that have been married for, for longer than most of us have been alive or sitting in a car driving and, and, uh, and he's driving down the road and she says, hey, remember the days when we used to sit next to each other? And he says, well, I didn't move. Hey, remember the day that you could sense God's presence? Remember the day you were hungry to come into worship? Remember the day when you were passionate to, to worship God and to, and to lift your hands and to sing to him? Remember the day when you just couldn't wait to be in his word? Remember the day when God's presence made himself real and impacted you and spoke to you and, and you wept in his presence and you cried out to him and he met you? Remember the day and, and we go, yes, it's not like that anymore. I'm telling you, God hasn't moved. We've got to make a choice. This is not a salvation issue that I'm talking about today. This is just a relationship issue. It's a friendship issue. And here's a, here's a true statement. We are as close to God today, and I want you to hear me. We are as close to God today as we want to be. I've been challenged deeply in my life even this week. And I, made, and I made some decisions actually on Friday. You know what? I've, I've got to do some things differently 
Because the way I'm living is keeping me from drawing nearer to God. It's not some gross sin. It's, not, it's just my life, the, the pace of it, the, the, how, everything that's going on, my schedule, my calendar. I, I'm doing the work of God and I'm losing the relationship with God. There is one thing that matters to me. And that's to know him. And his son, Jesus Christ, and him crucified. And so what is it in your life that maybe you need to make a shift? doesn't mean they're bad things. It just means we have to be intentional about guarding this area of our relationship with God and lean into it and press into it. And let's let our hearts be lit on fire by his power and his presence in our lives. Amen. Number two. How do we thrive in our relationship with God? We, one is simple. We just need to spend time with him. These are very basic steps, but are, these are things that I forget and you forget. And this is a reminder from the word of God. We spend time with him. Relationship with God is just like any other relationship. Like if, if you will have relationship, and, and if you are in relationship, you will make time for that relationship. If you don't make time for human friends, guess what? They're not really that close of friends. They might be acquaintances, but they aren't friends. And if God's going to be close, we're gonna thrive in your, if you're going to thrive in your relationship with God, if you're going to thrive in your friendship with God, We've got to give God our time. We've got to spend some time with him. It doesn't happen by accident. But look at this direction from God to getting to know him. This, so, this, he's, listen, you want to know me? Okay, Psalm 4610. This is what he says. Be still and know that I am God. In other words, experience me. Experience my presence. Experience my power. Well, how do I do that, God? He's like, sit down and shut up. Be still. Wait in my presence. Take a breath in my presence and worship me. Be still and know that I'm God. If you want to know God, you got to be still. If you want to know God, you got to come ready to receive from his presence. If you want to know God, the intentionality of your heart God, I know I'm not perfect. I know I've blown it. I know I'm empty. But I want to know you more. I want to know you. And we spend time with him. And we get to know him. And the reality is we'll never really know God if just Sunday is the only time that we worship him. We won't. We won't. This is about a daily walk with the God of the universe. You're struggling with anxiety and depression and, and, and angst and all kinds of stuff going on. Here's, here's the deal. And Pastor Nathan said it this morning. The reality is this. The presence of God sets us free. Doesn't mean you won't have it here and there. Doesn't mean you won't have to deal with it. But the reality is in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. At his right hand, there is pleasure forevermore. In his, in his presence, there is freedom. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So, so what do I do? Get in the middle of his presence. Entertain him. Be still and know that he's God. And decide 
and make a decision he's going to be the most important thing in your life. And we prioritize. And we make a decision. I'm going I'm, I'm I'm to draw near to you, God. Another thing we can do for our relationship to thrive is, is really, as we're looking at our friendships, really we need to choose whose friendships or whose friendship you want the most because we have lots of options. you got to choose whose friendship you actually want the most. you got to choose whose relationship you really want the most. A person who is the best friend of everyone is really a friend of no one. And that's the truth. Why? Because we don't have the capacity to be everybody's best friend. We don't have the capacity to be deeply intimate with everybody. We don't. That's, just, that's not how we are. It's not how we're made. So we've got to choose. And so we've got to make a decision that, God, you're going to be number one. As Paul, as what we read earlier in Philippians, the number one relationship and friendships in his life was to know Jesus Christ. To know Jesus Christ. Not to know an author of some book. Not to know some theological terms. Not to know eschatology. Not, no, 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 Paul says, all, I'm not saying it's bad. He's saying this. But my number one thing is to know Jesus Christ. To know Christ crucified. To have that power in me. To have that friendship. It was all about knowing Jesus. And when you get, get to know Jesus, you get to know God. You can't separate the two. They are, they, are, they are one. Though they are separate, they are one. It blows your mind, I know, but it's true. That's why Jesus said, if you reject me, you reject the Father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He says, if you deny me, the Father will deny you. They are one. People know all kinds of stuff. We, we are the information age. We know, man, you can tell me scores of, of sports. You can tell me politics. You can tell me what happened on Fox News. We, uh, people can tell things. You can tell me. You can tell me who got kicked off The Bachelor last week. You know all kinds of stuff. But many don't know God. Many don't know him. Know his heart. And God's inviting us to take a step forward. Choose to know him. Choose to grow with him. Choose to know his heart. Be still and know him. If we care about really something else more than God, then, then we're missing out on the relationship. And this is always intention. It's always intention because the li- our, our life is crazy. The tension to pull our, our, our efforts and our energy and our, and our thoughts off one thing, always to get it on something else. And I mean, it, we're, we're, we are pulled more than probably any generation ever alive on the planet. We, are, we have enough distractions to keep us away from God. But here's, here's the reality, that we are designed for a relationship with our creator. That's why this morning when we worship God, the presence of God filled the room. And what I mean by that, maybe you're, you're, you're new in the journey, it's just there's something different about the atmosphere. And when you worship, that's what happens. When you lean into God, something begins to change. Just like right now, if I, if I just began to sing, I said, Lord, I worship you. God, I give praise to you. 
You're everything I want, God. You're everything I need. You're my heart's desire. You're my one true love. I worship you, O oh God. I worship you, O oh Lord. There's a shift. And it's God coming down in inhabiting. He's waiting for the praises of his people. And that's what happens when we, we lean into We love him. We don't love anything. In the, we don't love the world's value system. We don't love. We seek him and pursue him. He's number one in our lives. In our relationships, in our friendships, he's number one. God, I don't care if I look like a fool. I'm going to put you first. God, I don't care if, if, if someone makes fun of me. I'm going to worship you. God, I don't care if I even know what raising my hands even means, but I'm going to do it if it says something to you that says I love you. God, I don't care. I just want to know you. And this is the invitation that God is sending us, that we are to choose his friendship above everyone else's. Above everything else. 1 John 2.15 says this. says, do not love the world. This isn't saying don't love the people in the world. It says, don't love the world. Well, what does that mean? Or anything in the world. Well, what does that mean? I can't. What he's saying is if, if, if anyone loves the world, love, the love for the Father is not in them. What he's talking about here is the world's value system. He's talking about like not having God number one in our lives. The world's value system is the lust of the, of the eyes, which is greed, the pride of life, me, meaning you, you're consumed with the other people's acceptance and your image and what you look like, or the lust of the flesh, which is just the desires of our fallen nature. But our relationship with God is to, is to believe what he believes. That's what happens in friendships. We anchor to what, I, listen, I will, I will embrace your value system. Here's the wonderful thing about God. He is our friend, but I don't tell him what to do. He tells me what to do. When he says jump, I say how high. When I say God, you jump, he says, excuse me? Because I can trust his values. I can trust his word. A relationship with God is caring about what God cares about. And, and not caring about the things that he doesn't care about. And this will be contrary. What God cares about will always be contrary. If you're going to pursue God, if you're going to give him everything you got, I'm telling you, it's going to be contrary to the world. I promise you. And I will say this. God doesn't care if the world rejects. Him. It's not about the, he cares that they're lost, but he doesn't care. He doesn't, well, maybe I should change my value system so that they'll accept me. No, no, no. He, does, he doesn't do that. And here's the other thing. He doesn't care if you're rejected for following his value system. Do, do you know why? Because he's not interested in our comfort. He's interested in our character. He's not interested in our reputation. He's interested in your character. That's friendship. When everyone else around you is, 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 is throwing rocks at your friend's value system, you're standing up for it. You say, uh-uh, knock it off. No, this is my friend. We choose God's values. That's what the scripture is saying. That's what it means to be a friend of God. And so do you know how you can tell if your friendship and your love and your relationship with God is thriving? This is how you can tell. John 14, 15, right here. 
If you love me, keep my commandments. Now, this isn't, this isn't some, some meant to be heavy or, or, or create condemnation. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now, I, I still have some, some bitter issues against my mom because she would use this to, against me. I'd say this, mama love you. She'd be like, if you love me, obey my commandments. I was like, oh, come on, mom. That's not... Or, or I'd, be, I'd, I'd be, you know, being a teenager, and she'd be like, son, do you love me? I'm like, yes, mom, I love you. Obey my commandments. I'm like, you're not Jesus. She's like, I am to you. <laughs> but this is what you, like, if you love me, keep my commandments. This doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. It just means your desire is to live for him. Your desire is to please him. Your desire is to give him your life. Your desire is to wring your life out on this earth for his purpose and to represent him and everyone around you. We are all on a journey. We're all at different starting points. We're all going to, to, to be obeying him at different levels and struggling with the things of our past or the maybe things in your own life now. But God's working us closer if our hearts and desire, God, I love you and my desire is to obey you. We are building and thriving in our relationship with God. And I can't, I can't say I love Jesus and go do the opposite of what he wishes. I can't do that. Oh, I can't say I love God, I love Jesus, and then live a self-centered life. Or pick and choose, here's the big one, or pick and choose which verses that I want to listen to and ignore the ones I don't. Jesus says, if you're my friend, you'll obey me. This isn't about guilt. This isn't a, a, a guilt to obey or out of fear or punishment, Scripture says, because that is not who God is. We don't obey God out of obligation or out of duty. When you are in love with God, you obey him because you love him and he loves you. He loves me like, I'm telling you this, uh, the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm going to give my life more and more to this relationship and knowing the heart of God is because none of you here could ever love me like Jesus. Nobody here could ever love you like Jesus and like God does. He's the only relationship that matters and loves me no matter what, no matter what I'm struggling through, no matter what I'm going through, no matter if I'm up or I'm down or I'm broken or I'm, or I'm, I'm depressed or I'm up on a mountaintop. He loves me the same and he'll do the same for you. Amen. It's the most important relationship. No boyfriend will make you feel loved like God can make you feel loved. So don't compromise what this obeying his commandments to get love from someone who will not love you the way that you were created to be loved by God. We love God. We obey God. Not out of fear, not out of guilt, not out of obligation. We obey God out of love because he first loved us, because he saved us. Our past is forgiven. We can find freedom. We can discover our purpose. We can make a difference. We can know God, and we can spend eternity in heaven, and we'll spend eternity in heaven. That's why we love God. Amen? We grow in that relationship. This is what Jesus says out of John 15. He says this, if you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. He didn't say, if you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love and, uh, and, and, and 
you'll be okay. No, no. Why does God want us to obey his commandments? So that his joy may be complete in us. Because he's concerned for you. Because he's desiring you. All of us in this room could say, remember back on a time when you willingly chose to not obey the commandments of God? It didn't bring you joy. And you may have thought it was joy until the next day. Then you realized, I am not experiencing the joy of God. Something's missing in me. And God knows that. And that's why he says, listen, obey my commandments. The fourth one, how do we thrive in our relationship with God is this, that we were to talk with God all the time. Excuse me. We're to talk with God all the time. This is about a relationship with him. This is about having a conversation with him. And none of us will ever thrive. None of us will ever thrive in our relationship and our friendship with God if we just talk to God on Sundays or if we just talk to him at church. The Father is inviting you to know him. Yes, it's important, but in order to thrive, we need to talk to God all the time. Yes, Sunday's important, and the scripture is very clear. It says, do not forsake the gathering together of believers. Do not forsake. To be a part of a community that, that works out Ephesians 4, where you have, you have pastors, you have apostles and prophets and evangelists and teachers. That's us. This is a church. Don't, 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 don't leave that, but you need to begin to talk to God every single day of your life. And you can talk to him about anything, about everything, whatever you're feeling today, whatever you're dealing with today. You just have to, you have this, this, this conversation, it's, hey God, man, I'm, you know, God, thank you today. God, I just bless you today. Lord, I, I just pray that you'd be with me. And Lord, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm really scared about this meeting coming up. I'm just asking you to, can you just work that out for me? And. Lord, I was reading in, uh, in your word, and I don't, know if you was, I don't know if you know what's in there, but let me tell you what's in the Bible, God. You know, I, and you just have a comment. You talk to God like you talk to me. Or you talk to somebody, you just have a conversation with him. You don't have to use King James. You don't have to, Lord, I always think I, there was this guy. Sorry, I'm going to go back to a small, small church memory I just had. There was a guy in church. He used to prophesy, give a word from the Lord. And uh, so he would talk like this, but, but when he gave a word from the Lord, he spoke in King James. And I'm like, I don't understand that. Why is he speaking? And the, and the word of the Lord came saying, and I thought, what does that even mean? Like, anyway, you don't have to talk to God in this weird, just talk to him like this. God knows your heart. First Thessalonians, this is why Paul encourages the church, just pray continually. Just talk to God continually. So not sometimes or not just on Sundays, but please, friends, I want to encourage you. Begin to have a running conversation with God all day long. You don't have to, you have to go in a prayer closet. You don't have to put a prayer shawl over your head. You don't, just talk to God. His presence dwells in you. You no longer have to go to a temple to, to, uh, to praise or to worship God or to pray to God. Scripture says you are the temple of the Holy Spirit now. So just talk to the one who lives in you. Speak to him. And I, I'm constantly talking to God. Sometimes I think at stoplights I'm thinking, I bet they think I have lost my marbles. 
But thank God for Bluetooth because now it just looks like maybe I'm just talking. I just talk all the time. God, I, God man, I'm really, God, I'm just, I pray, I be with my son today. God, I'm just, um, God, I'm really was concerned about this. And man, Lord, um, I really need a breakthrough in this area of my life. And, and, uh, or I'd see somebody walking and I would just, God, I just pray you bless them and, and encourage them. And I, yeah, I'm not always talking verbally, but I'm always processing. God's always present in my mind. When I'm driving, even when I'm counseling, I'm, I'm always talking to God, always listening for his voice. Even while I'm talking to you right now, I'm talking with God. There's this interaction with God, and God's telling me things, and he, he's saying things about you. By the way, he says you're awesome. I'm just telling you that's what he said. And so here's, here's a question. Would your life be better if you talked to God as much as you text other people? We all like, yeah, it would be. <laughs> what if you talk to God as much as you talk to people in your life, as much as you text, as much as you Snapchat, as much as, what, what, what if you talk to God that much? And we do this all day long. So why, you know, why do I call my wife? Hey, what are you doing? I'm not even, I, nothing, what are you doing? Nothing. Okay, got to go. Okay, bye. What, what, what was that about? I'm just, it's just a running conversation with my wife. Why? Because it creates closeness. It creates intimacy. We just talk. And you can do that with God. He wants to know you. And when you talk with him, guess what? You begin to hear his voice more and more and more. We do it all day long. So many people see God so far off. We think he's unreachable. But you can talk to him throughout your day. You can, you can just give him your heart. You can communicate with him. You know why? Because you are no longer called servants. Because servants don't know what the master's business is. My friends, Jesus says, get up here. You are my friend. You're my friend. You ever go, gone to a special event and you're, you're, you're there and all of a sudden you realize you know someone there? And they're like one of the, one of the big shots at the, at, at the event, and you're thinking, oh. And then they see you, and they're like, what are you doing? Come sit next to me. And you're like, well, okay, I think I will. Why? I, he said, you're my friend. What do you do? Don't, don't. You don't have to keep at a distance. You don't have to stay in the back. You're my friend. And that's what Jesus is saying. That's what God's saying to you. You're my friend. You just talk to him. God, how's it going? Good, yeah, God, going good. God, I just said, I just ate too many tacos. Please forgive me, Lord. <laughs> just like you would text me, oh my gosh, yeah, you know, oh I got, oh I got some gas, Lord. Oh sorry, TMI, Lord, sorry. You know, like, you know, I just have a relationship with him. You're like, great, Jason just said gas in church. <laughs> I did, because we need to loosen up a little bit. <laughs> Don't loosen up too much, though, okay? You can talk to God all day long. And the last thing is how do you thrive? I can't believe I said gas in church either. But anyway, let's just move on. The last one is this. How can you thrive in your relationship and your friendship with God? This is a big one. And when things go wrong, you still trust him. Because many people think, yeah, but things aren't going right. So I don't know if I can trust God. No, no, that's not friendship. Friendship says, I'm, I, I will never leave you, nor, I will fors nor will I ever forsake you. That's what Jesus said to you. That's what he said to you. I'll never leave you. So we still trust God. 
with things. Still trust God when your spouse cheats on you. You still trust God when you, when you blow it and, and something happens and you get sued and you got, it, it's, it's altering your life. You still trust God. You still trust God when, when your child seems to be going off the rails. You still trust God when, when you get divorce papers and you didn't even see it coming. You still trust God when the doctor tells you, I'm sorry, this is your diagnosis. You still trust God because he is a friend that will stick close to you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. That's what friendship is. That's what a relationship is. It's like the wedding vows at, at weddings that I get the privilege of doing all the time. For better or for worse. For sickness or for poor. I'm with you in this thing. Come hell or high water. I'm going to love you and I'm going to be with you. That's what God says to you. Still trust him. So what really makes someone your friend is that you can trust them. That you can go to them. You can talk. Listen, you can talk to people all the time. But what really makes people my friend is I trust them. We were to put our full trust in God. And your pain, you can trust him. And your questions, you can trust him. What seems like bad timing, you can trust your friend, Jesus. You can trust your friend, God. You can trust your friend, the Holy Spirit. And you've got to trust him when things don't make sense. You've got to give your trust to him when things seem backwards, when things are going sideways, when you're going under. And you think, God, I'm going under. You still must trust him because God will use those difficulties to reveal that he is a friend that isn't a fair-weathered friend. He is there no matter what. He weeps with you. You can yell at him. You can kick. You can scream. You can throw the towel in. But he's still there. He's still your good friend. You can't run from him. David says, where can I go that I, could, that I could escape from you, God? I go to the highest of, highest of heights, to the lowest of lows, and yet your presence is still there. That's what our friend God is like. And as you walk through things with God, as you walk through pain, he meets you fresh and new. You might be in trouble today. You might be in pain. You might be joining us online, and you joined today online because you thought, I've got to give God one last chance. There was a time in your life that you felt God's presence more. Now, because of all the things that have gone on in your life, you think God isn't here. I can't trust him anymore. I want you to know that's a lie. You can trust God. He is right there with you, right with you, watching this with you. You can trust him. Maybe some of us today, we've, maybe we've lost trust of God and we didn't even realize it. We just went through a lot and we just think, man, life's just hard. Just deal with it. And we've forgotten of the friendship of God. We've forgotten of the relationship with God. Listen to what Job says. As, maybe you're here today and you remember a time when God's presence was still so close to you. I, I hear stories all the time about the good old days of Faith Bible Chapel and church on the east side. But it's not about a place. You know, you know, you know what, the, what, what, what the talk is? It's about the presence. They remember the presence. They remember God meeting them. They remember God touching them. 
And you may not have felt that presence in a long time. I believe God wants to reveal his presence to you in a fresh new way than you have experienced maybe ever. But he wants to meet you today. He wants to to impact you. He he wants you to, to take a step forward in your relationship with him. This isn't about performance. This isn't about checking all the boxes. This isn't about looking good. This isn't about about pleasing anybody in this room or in your life. This is about you making a decision. I'm going to grow. I'm going to thrive in my relationship with God. I'm going to lay aside the stuff that distracts me. I'm going to I'm going to lay aside things that I've just I've held on to. I'm going to lay aside religion. I'm going to and I'm going to draw near to the Father says I have some secrets for you. I want to tell you. But I whisper my secrets. You're longing for the secrets of God and I promise you he's speaking. We just need to get close to him. But I want you to listen to what Job 29 says. He remembers, he was remembering the day. Things were going terrible in his life. He says, oh, for the days when I was in my prime, when God's intimate friendship blessed my house. He was remembering. This, this, is, this is when he's overtaken with sickness and pain. He lost everything. He was thinking, oh, remember the days? And God says, but he wants to meet you here today. You are here in church. You're listening online because you actually do want that. You do want his presence. You do long for the days that you experienced the powerful presence of God. I remember the first time I felt the presence of God so strong, all I could do was weep. But it was the, it was the most cleansing weep, weeping I've ever experienced in my life. Deep weeping of my heart. It was the Holy Spirit just, just working in me. Healing brokenness. Taking hardness out of my life. Making me know that he sees me and he loves me. I'm not alone. He's not far off. He was right here. And that's all of us. We need all of this. One of my commitments to you as your pastor is that I will pursue God's presence more than anything else in my life. I don't want this to be a church that people don't know what it feels like to feel the realness and the nowness of God. I don't want us to come and sing songs and hear a message and it's all great. I don't want people leaving and say, that was great worship and that was a great word. I want people leaving. I felt God today, and he knows me, and he knows my name. He knows every every flaw. He knows, and he still loves me. He's told me that today. I experienced that today. I want people to be able to to weep in the presence of God. And and you think, oh, I've never wept a day in my life. Listen, there's nothing like a good old Jesus weep. I'm telling you there isn't. To be open. Be open, my friends, to what God has for you. Be open to a new season. 
of his presence and his power. Be open to be a closer friend of God. And be open to begin to thrive in your relationship with him. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you'd like to watch a service live online, you can join us every Sunday at 9 and 1045 a.m. at live.faith.church. For everything else, check our website at www.faith.church.